I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. The redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Psalm 103, 1-18 Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all, all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteous, righteousness and justice for all the oppressed, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our in iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass, they flourish like like a flower on the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with those children's children, with those who keep his covenants and remember to obey his precepts. My friend Andrew Ditty died a few weeks ago of motor neurone disease. His body deteriorated while his mind stayed sharp. He was an astonishing believer and his faith grew daily over the seven years from diagnosis till death, or until he was promoted to glory, as he put it, an ardent West Ham fan to the end. The funeral was rich with thanksgiving and for me a touch of awe as Andy's wife Jane explained that never once did Andy complain about his pain. In fact, neither did she. 
Instead, Andy drew on scripture as a deep well of pure energy to sustain him every day through the toughest of times. His favourite passage of all time was Psalm 103, and it was read by one of his three teenage sons at the funeral. It had been his psalm as a child, and like an overarching word over his life, the power of these words came alive again as we remembered him. His catchphrase in recent days was not a hopeless end, but an endless hope. And that's what we're going to delve into today as we think more about our beautiful broken bodies. And especially this week, thinking about pain and ouch, that hurts. Paul teaches us how to hardwire through the pain to hope. This psalm teaches us how to throw doubt into the wind at a time of desperation. And we're going to spy into the work of the Spirit because when we're right at the end of what we can manage, and in fact, before we reach the end, the Spirit steps in. So hope, hope in lockdown again. Hope in the face of many hopeless situations we are all facing. Hope in the face of pain. Paul says of hope in verse 24 of Romans 8, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? We have astonishing building blocks of hope in Psalm 103. We are encouraged to root that hope in love. In verse 17 it says, But from everlasting to everlasting the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And we have the Spirit, who we find in Romans 8, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what, how we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So, like a rainbow over all these living passages of Scripture, we have endless hope. It's the rain and the sun together which create the rainbow. Okay, let's start with Paul and Romans. Through his life, Paul was no stranger to prisons. Several of the letters that he wrote to the early churches were written from prison or house arrest, a sort of Roman lockdown. Here, he writes to the church in Rome, a crucial set of believers, and he bolts together two unlikely concepts. He links suffering or pain with glory. So suffering and glory, and he hyphenates these words together like bittersweet. He's talking about a now time and a not yet time. The now time is full of pain and the not yet is full of glory. John Stott is brilliant on this, by the way, and he talks about these two things being literally welded together. Pain now, glory not yet. Well, the pain is clear. It's what we're facing every day, or in Andy's case, a broken body deteriorating daily through motor neurone disease. Suffering is all around us, and in this second lockdown, it's front and centre in our hearts and minds. Then glory, the not yet. Paul is talking about the hope of future glory when bodies and creation will be restored in the new heaven and the new earth. And that's why we need hope, to bridge from now to then. Verse 23 in the New Living Translation says, 
We, too, wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. As believers, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, and we are urged to do that in the book of Hebrews. The Reverend Dr. Sam Wells spoke on Radio 4 just before this second lockdown in Thought for the Day, and he talked about what it is to be trapped, trapped in lockdown again. He talked about Paul being trapped in prison and how Paul mentioned 17 forms of trials. Yet, Paul says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. In his lockdown, Paul focuses on the relationship that really matters, the relationship with God. If we scamper forward a bit in this chapter of Romans, Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So just in case you missed that, that's nothing. Nothing can get in the way of God's love. So here we have echoes of the psalmist who writes in verse 11 of today's Psalm 103, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. God's love at the centre. God's love bringing hope in the midst of pain. God's love which caused him to send his son Jesus to die on a cross. God's love which removes our sin from us through Jesus' death and resurrection, sending our sins so far away from us that can, we can be in a pure relationship of love with our maker, giving us this hope of glory. Verse 12 of the psalm says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The 19th century theologian Charles Spurgeon, known as the Prince of Preachers, says this about the psalmist's words. Sin is removed from us by a miracle of love. What a load to move, and yet it is removed so far that the distance is incalculable. Fly as far as the wing of imagination can bear you, and if you journey through space eastwards, you are further from the west at every beat of your wing. Through Christ, the separation from our sins is infinite, and God's arms are held out wide to us through love. Just a quick aside for you too, healing and salvation are also welded together in God's kingdom. Think Lazarus and Martha's response to that, that Jesus is the Messiah, but that's for another day. So we've got pain and suffering, the now bit, lockdown too, and all that is broken in our world, bodies and hearts. We are offered hope and glory, the not yet bit, but how do we hold on to hope until we get there? How do we make that quantum leap into hope when all around us really seems hopeless? Enter stage left, the Holy Spirit. The New Living Translation says in verse 26 of Romans 8, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Into the drama of scripture comes the helper, the comforter. When Jesus was taken up into heaven, so we're now in Acts 1, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This same powerful Holy Spirit is the one who is with us as believers, praying alongside us, petitioning God on our behalf and checking in with God for us to keep us in line with God's will. We really are not alone. The great mystic Julian of Norwich, writing in the 1300s, said, All will be well and everything will be well. Sin is necessary, but everything will turn out for the good. Verse 20 in Romans 8, again the New Living Translation, says this, But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Hope for what we do not see. Patience. We wait with patience, being asked this month again to wait and be patient. Can we use this time in lockdown to recalibrate and refocus on God? Well, how can we do this? Of course, we can't, and that's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us. And when it's all just too much and the pain is too overwhelming and unbearable, that's when the Spirit steps in and takes over interceding while we sigh the sigh of the heart that is just too deep and without words. And God hears, God knows, the mind of the Spirit. He hears our deepest prayer without us saying a word. Bring that prayer to God. Sit in the silence. Light a candle and turn to Psalm 103 for this hope. Luther talks about God being outside of time. And right now, again, this November, time has been suspended. Can we use this moment to pause and step outside of time in our own minds and reach for hope. Perhaps it's like being in the Zoom waiting room for a moment. Let's use that moment to focus on patience and love. Not a hopeless end, but an endless hope. At Andy's funeral, on the way from the church to the crematorium, the streets were lined with friends, locals, and in fact anyone from the community who had known him, all wearing a touch of blue and maroon for West Ham, waving balloons of the same colour. Even the local boys' football team he'd coached every single Saturday morning, come rain or snow, stood proudly along the edge of the park to salute this believer paying tribute to a beautiful body broken by illness. Yet a man whose eyes who had no time for the present pain, they were fixed only on glory. Promoted to glory was his phrase. Not a hopeless end, but an endless hope. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. These are the very building blocks of hope, and this heart cry from the psalmist teaches us to throw worry and doubt into the wind and receive God's love, the love which will help us bridge the gap from the suffering and pain of now 
to the glory of not yet.